1: Here we go. It is another week. It is another episode of the Midlife Mail podcast. I am your host, Greg Scheinman. I am super, super excited for this week. This week is is a pleasure and a privilege to have Chef Robert Irvine on the show. He is is not only a world-renowned chef, host of Food Network's Restaurant Impossible. He's also a jacked man. We're going to talk a lot about Fitness and health. Uh, and he's the author of the new book, Overcoming Impossible. That is out now. It is available. It is awesome. You guys got to pick yourself up a copy of of the new book. I was fortunate enough to be featured in Chef Irvine's magazine last month. They wrote about the Midwife Mail, uh, my book, and it was awesome to be able to return the favor if you will, um, and have Robert join me on this podcast this week. He's a world-class chef. He's an entrepreneur. he is a tireless philanthropic supporter of our nation's military. Again, he is the host of the Food Network's hit show, Restaurant Impossible. He has given struggling restaurateurs a second chance to turn their lives and businesses around in over 200 episodes and counting. He is the founder of numerous brands, He also runs the Robert Irvine Foundation, Robert Irvine Foods, Fresh Kitchen by Robert Irvine, Robert Irvine's Fit Crunch, Boardroom Spirits. The list goes on. We had a really great conversation. We really worked our way through the six F's in this one. Family, fitness, finance, food, fashion, and style. Those T-shirts that he wears to show off the guns and uh, and fun. And he was cool enough to have his wife Gail Kim, knowing that I'm a big wrestling fan, pop in and say hi and and chop it up with us for for a few minutes. The cool thing is, super open, super transparent, super honest, super humble, super cool guy, who's out there helping people to overcome impossible and learning to lead, how to build a team and catapult your business and your life to success. And I also wanna throw a shout out to, uh, to Matt Tuthill, um, who's the co-writer with Robert on this book. And Matt was the awesome writer of the profile on, on me and my book, Midlife Mail in Robert's Magazine. So thank you so much for that, Matt. Both Robert and I give you a lot of credit, and we truly, truly appreciate it. So with that, let's get to Chef Robert Irvine on this week's episode of the Midlife Mail Podcast. Robert Irvine, welcome to the show.
0: Well, thank you. Should be fun.
1: This, this is really, as I was saying, a pleasure and a privilege to me. Um, you, know, you and your team were gracious enough to have me in your magazine last month, which, which was incredible. Um, and I'm grateful for that. And just having followed you and your career for a long time now, my wife and I are big, big foodies, as I had told, told Matt and, and your readers out there, um, just your persona, your attitude, your authenticity that really comes across. Um, we've just been big, big fans of how you really carry yourself. And I wanted to start, I wanted to start there if, if I could a little bit, like where I guess Where did this come from? You know, I guess in terms of how you were were raised, tell me a little bit about your your background because you know you do have this overcoming impossible kind of persona.
0: And I Uh, Um, listen. uh, I'm a little hoarse today, so you'll have to get over that. It's a lot of talking, but um, so my father was in the army. My brother was in the army. Um, My I have two sisters. One used to run Glasgow Airport. And now she runs a theater. The other one is in Australia, married to a, a senior official in the military, Australian Army. Um, my brother is in France, who used to be the son of Brunei's um, risk manager. Uh, and I'm little old Robert Irvine that, that grew up in Salisbury, Wiltshire, that hated school. Um, my mother would go to the bus stop to catch the bus to go to work in the morning and I would double back and drink beer with my friends in the house. Um, my mother called the house one day. Like an idiot, I picked the house, the, the house phone up. And there was the demise of Robert Irvine. Um, I was marched down the recruitment office, which is what I wanted to do anyway. I joined Her Majesty's Royal Navy at 15 and a half years old. Entered on my 16th birthday. And uh, I spent 14 glorious years there of... Learning how to lead, I think, is is the is the is the right kind of adaptation. How to how to understand people that are older than you and make them mm. do things you wanted them to do, but make it feel as though it was their idea to do it. Mm. If that it's, makes sense.
1: No, it, it does, and it and it's it's so good with all this discipline. In your background, the discipline, the structure, and I talk a lot about preparation and consistency and accountability. Mm-hmm. Um, you went into hospitality. <laughs> you went into food and you went into cooking.
0: Mm-hmm. It's really interesting is because I well because at school, there's only two things I really enjoyed. Number one was history and sports. So I can say really more: history, sports, and woodwork. Um, because my woodwork teacher was my my sports teacher. So I played rugby, and I always got favored because I was a great rugby player by my woodwork teacher, right? Um, I was really into history a lot. I still am to this day. But everything else was a minutiae to me at school, the English, the, the maths, the, the, all that kind of stuff. And I had a, a, a really great senior tutor who understood... That it was um, easy for me, I suppose you would say, but boring for me. So he would send me on trips um, on, a, on a ship to Malta, on a you know that the school would put together, mm-hmm. um, thinking it would it would snap me out of that that boredom. Um, it was great trips. I joined the secretaries at a young age. I I joined um, the home economics class. Um, not because I liked cooking at that point, but I was doing it at home because my mother worked. My father worked, um, and I wanted her to have a meal when, it, when she came home, just like the family. So for me, the home economics class, there was thirty girls in me. and I thought, oh, I might get a girlfriend out of this?" But then I really fell in love with food um, and the fact that pastry, cheese, some bacon, eggs, um, maybe some onion could make a meal that people would, would, you know, relish and go crazy over. And, and that stuck with me because I, I never understood. It's like art and music. You know, if the unfinished score on a music, the magic doesn't happen. If you miss a color on a painting or, or you're in a bad mood, the paint, the, the, the artist doesn't create what he was thinking or she was thinking, although it may still be a masterpiece and food is the same way. And mm-hmm. I fell in love with food. And when, when my mother caught me on that phone call, uh, I went took the uh, the navy because I wanted to be in the navy because everybody else was in the army. I took that exam, and one being the highest, five being the lowest in maths and English. I got five five, you know, the oh, dummy okay. year. And the recruiters said, "Well, I've got some good news and bad news. You're in a Majesty's Royal Navy." And you're going to be a cook, and I went crazy, and he, he thought I was nuts because I wanted to be a cook, and here we are, 57 years uh, uh, old, doing the same thing. The discipline for me um, has never wavered in my in my youth, in my my adolescence, in my parenting, and in my life now.
1: Mm. You mentioned because you just threw it out there, casually and passing at 57 years old. At 57, with everything you have done, and now again, the new book's coming out on Valentine's Day, I mean, what does success look like to you at 57?
0: That's a great question, because that's a question I ask everybody. What is success to you? Success for me is getting up in the morning, making a difference in one person's life. That's, that's what success is to me. I've never chased money. I've never worried about money. I've never, I've always wanted to be the best at what I do. Although my, my young age, uh, young early years, you know, I, I always wanted to be somebody else. I wanted to be a famous chef. I wanted to be this. And as I got into the military, that, that changed. I want to be the best version of me. Um, and I feel at 57, I'm almost there. You know, I'm almost at, at where I want to be. It's not about money. It's not about fame. It literally is about who can I influence and what can I change today? Mm. And, and a, a lot of people will say, well, that's cliche. Um, I wrote books about it. I've, I've, I live that life um, every single day. And, you know, that's why I travel 345 days a year. I mean, 150 of those just for the military because I want to make a difference. So that's what success is to me. Changing one person's life every day. And not one person is not a person I know, it's somebody I don't know.
1: Mm, so so good. So you say almost in there. You threw again the word almost in there. What's out there, maybe in that almost bubble? You know, I know you're not chasing money and you've also and you've had success. And I love to get that, but in the almost bubble, what do you think that is?
0: Um I think continuation, I'm one of these type A personalities and people say to me all the time, well, you know, what is balance? What's enough for you? It will never be enough for me because as I achieve one goal, I want something else. So a prime example, I continue to buy companies or partner with companies, um, technology, food, liquor, um, um, protein bar, you know, all the things that we do, because I know the end result of that is helping somebody in a wheelchair, somebody in a house, somebody with a dog is it's almost like an addiction. And and I say that, um, I've got to have, or be on the road that many days a year, um, because it fulfills my need I'm very blessed because my kids are older. My 24 and 22. One's a doctor. One's a lawyer. My wife um, uh, does TV wrestling, so she can join me. They can join me. It's not like I have young kids at home. And I had this conversation yesterday uh, with a lot of CEOs, and they said to me, "Oh, there has to be balance in your life. Why?" Mm. Why? Because we, as, as we get older, we create, you know, like I've been married to Gail for uh, 14 years. She knew what she got into when, when she married me, which was my passion for the military, my passion for people. And, and she is, um ebbed and flowed with me in that, in that journey, the same as I have done with her career, right? She didn't stop her career because she married me and I didn't stop my career. We have, we have two separate careers. They're both kind of circuses because they're on the road, but we combine uh, our forces together and we spend a lot of time together at the right amount of time. And I, and I think that's really important. The communication we have is second to none, which as you know, as we get older and you become mm-hmm. an empty nester, um, that doesn't always happen. It's, it's such
1: a good point. So we are a couple of years away from being empty nesters, my wife and I. Our oldest is in college right now. Our youngest is still in high school, so a couple of years. So this is really timely, and I appreciate you you sharing as we get into that. Like, what does that next phase look like? You know, and and what does more look like? Whether more means even less? Are we cutting back in certain places? Are we moving forward in other areas and all that? And and separately, just off topic, I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I'm a huge fan of grew up with wrestling. No, no Gail, her work was at the very first WrestleMania. Like I am still a wrestling junkie overall. on, on all of that. Um, the travel, you've, you've mentioned travel a, a number of times in there. Um, does this also, does this fill your tank? On a, you're on the road a lot hmm, in there. Do you see that maybe slowing down at all or do you really like being on the road that much?
0: Interesting question. Um, For the last 15 years, we have traveled 345 plus days a year. Um, I love it. I get tired every kind of six weeks. I need, Justin, my COO knows that I need a a day of sleep, uh, like in a hotel room somewhere. I need to be with my wife. I have an assistant, Ryan, who coordinate Gail's schedule with my schedule so we, you know, um, we, we can at least get some time together. Um, I literally got home from South Carolina yesterday evening, um, but being in San Diego, being in Los Angeles, being in in, in all these different places before, um, I've got two days at home with her now, and then we're back on the road again. And, and it's kind of, you need those Cuddles, as it were, right. My wife is all about. She, she's a. She's she's outside right now, but she's a a real. I need some Robert Irvine cuddle, right? What that means, just me and her together with no interruptions. Um, and we do that. It's great. My my team know that when I'm home, I get my workout in. I've still got to do voiceovers and things, um, but don't bother me with minutiae. Right, that's mm-hmm. what I pay you for, and my team is spectacular. We have just under five thousand employees, um, and I don't deal. I I say I don't deal. That's a wrong statement, but I know every one of them. I know the kids. I know their their illnesses. I know their birth dates, I know their, but I don't deal with them every day. You know, mm-hmm. um, but they have my phone number. If something's going wrong, they pick up the phone and call me. Which which I find fulfilling, that I can not only take care of them, 4,996 employees, but, but also have an open line of communication. If we're doing something we shouldn't be doing, that's hurting them or somebody else, then we need to know about it. Or there's a better way to do things. I I, went, we talk about the book, Overcoming Impossible, right? Mm -hmm. I write in there about, um, it's kind of um, leadership at uh, empathetic leadership i talk about the egos and my ego losing the egos in our team and and our teamwork they're the three pillars of success and i live by them so i i i mean even on a podcast last night with with hundreds of thousands of people i give up my my email which was mm-hmm. really people like what do you do that for mate? because if somebody needs help we'll give them help Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the the type of person and people we attract in our company is people that are like minded. I don't want individuals. If you step on somebody in my team and and you have an issue with somebody in my team, if you don't go face to face like we are right now and discuss it and get rid of it and you trash that person, I don't care how valuable you are, you're gone. I can't, I, I don't, that's number one rule.
1: This week's episode of the Midlife Mail podcast is brought to you in part by Kineon, the makers of the Move Plus portable light therapy device that uses LED lights and medical grade laser technology to improve blood flow to injured and inflamed areas. This is great for your shoulder, your bicep, knee pain, any of your injuries. I started testing this out about 90 days ago. It's an incredible device. It takes just five minutes a day, about five days a week to put the infrared lights. They have a strap. You wrap it around your knee, your elbow, your shoulder. And at 50 years old, over the past 90 days, I have seen significant improvement in my range of motion, decrease in inflammation. I'm feeling better. I have less pain, faster recovery, and I have been testing and retesting this. And I have come to the conclusion that the Kinion Move Plus flat out works. It helps to restore damaged blood vessels, encourages cartilage regrowth as somebody who has had three knee surgeries, reducing joint pain and inflammation quickly through whole joint coverage, with sniper-like accuracy and cutting edge dual light enhanced light therapy. It's hugely important to me to be efficient and effective in its application, its delivery, and the results. There's a lot of red light therapy products out there. Most of them do not deliver the right dosage to be as effective as they could be. And that is key to optimal results. The Kineon Move Plus Dual Light Tech delivers the deeper joint penetration and the exact right dosage for fast recovery. It goes right up against your skin. You don't have to worry, am I too close? Am I too far? Where do I stand? How do I do this? It is so simple. I use it pre-workout, sometimes I use it post-workout, I'll put it on in the car when I'm on the way to the gym, I can work with it on whatever, five minutes a day to help alleviate chronic joint pain, inflammation, whatever you are experiencing, knees, elbows, shoulders, necks, the Kineon Move Plus can help you. Check it out, guys. Head over to Kineon, that's K-I-N-E-O-N dot I-O forward slash mail. You're going to get 10% off with my code midlifemail. Each module is battery powered. They include a rapid recharge device. I use the USB and my computer to charge it up so you can recover anywhere at any time, at home or on the go. Huge believer in the Kineon Move Plus Check it out. I think it's so good. This notion of of also of boundaries, you know, that you know is thematic in everything you're saying. The personal, the professional, how they're also combined, you know, how that works its way through your through your team, through your leadership kind of process. In there, you know, it's called an entrepreneurship book. You know, obviously in like in, in the category. But what I really liked about about it and reading on all the topics and is it's really not just a business book you know it really is about i mean you start diving into you know not micromanaging you know and what that looks like and again i love this what you were just touching on about the egos you know the tearing them down and breaking up with your egos there's another big area in here and i struggle with this myself um trust you know?
0: <laughs> wow yeah, yeah. And, um, and I
1: love your take. You put so much into this about trust. And I think it's so overlooked, you know, because that feeling of trust when you have it versus when you don't. Mm,
0: so let bad. me, hit, let me hit you what you just said there. First of all, it is a book for, for teenagers. It is a book for anybody that wants to better themselves to a level that they decide they want to go to, right? So if you want to be a fortune 500 company guy, read the book. If you want to be a school teacher and a best at it, read the book, right? It depends wherever you want to go to. Um, and, and that's why I wrote the book and Matt, Matt crafted it beautifully because he gets all the credit. I just talk, you know, he, write, he writes in, in, in my language. Um, but I think it, it captures so many things. Trust to me. So, so it started off 15 years ago when I started a company, and it was me. Then it was me plus one, which was Justin, who's been with me for, for 15 years. Then it was me plus two. And it's so funny because everybody we hire has to go through an hour interview with our top senior 40 people. And the last person, here's, here's the kicker, the last person to get to speak to is my wife. Because I truly believe that that women are a better judge of characters than men. Mm. Um, uh, in 15 years, I've lost three people that my wife told me not to hire. True wow. story. And I went against that. And I and I don't anymore, by the way. Um, but I <laughs> learned something. But because she had a really weird feeling. And, and she told me about it. I said, oh, I think you're overreacting. And she was exactly right. Um, i have been stolen. One of them people stole $250,000 from me. Um, and I didn't find out because I trusted them and I didn't find out until my bank manager called me and said, Hey, your tax payment's due and you don't have anything. I'm like, what do you mean? Right. So trust, um, is a very tough thing, you know, even in the marriage. So, so, you know, we go from two single people in a marriage, right. And then all of a sudden they're a union, You've had your life. She's had her life, and now we have to be able to trust each other. Uh, you may annoy each other. You know, you leave the toilet seat up. She does something wrong. There's always annoyance, but the the trust factor when you say "I do" is mm-hmm. like when you're in a business. I trust you to do what I, I've hired you to do, and I've asked you to do. Um, there are now as opposed to losing that money and losing those three people, I now have standing operating procedures in place to omit those failures that I had, right? So for example, we have 11 companies in excess. I mean, one of them companies is valued at half a billion dollars, right? Nobody, I don't care who you are, CEO, you can't sign a check without me seeing it, number one. It goes to the bank, then the bank, calls me and says, Hey, I've got this request for a check for this. I call the person, find out what it's for, et cetera. So there's a chain of, of reactions and actions that happen. So I can't get burned again hmm. because we're talking lots of money.
1: And and what I also, again, find super, super interesting in this and, and important, by the way, I love the cup that says, let's get to work on it. As you oh, can't see yeah. this, but every time Robert takes a drink, it says, "Let's get to work. Let's get to work." Okay, it's like this constant reminder: rep one, rep two. As I'm They're watching longer, you yep. get, get the work in and and get the reps in. But a lot of what you're talking about here, um, you know, what you find in the book is is highly motivational mm, um, in there. But what you're also talking about, like the motivation, you're getting into. It's great to be motivated, and this will help you be motivated. But a lot of what you're talking about are the specific action steps that you need to take to turn that motivation into actually overcoming, you know, the impossible. And I think a lot of times that gets overlooked. It's like we know why, you know, you want to be, you know, a great chef or why you want to be a great school teacher, or why you want to be, you know, a CEO of a company or whatever. But what we miss is in the how and in the stories of how I corrected mistakes or failures or what I'm doing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think this, yeah. is almost, this is almost like a memoir, right? Because it gives you all my failures and, and why I didn't listen or how I didn't listen and what I should have done but didn't do. Um, there are a thousand business books and they say, do this, do this, do this, do this, and you're going to be successful. And by the way, it never works because what they forget to tell you are all the you know, I remember when I made my uh, first um, product in a food company, it was a pizza. I laid in bed at one night. I woke up in the middle of the night, wrote down pizza and this and drew some pictures, which is really silly because it's a pizza, right? It's round, whatever. Um, the next morning I got on the phone. I called, I called Justice. We're going to go into the pizza making business. So I kept doing that and doing that and doing that. Well, when I went to sell the product, it's great, yes. Minimum runs of 100,000 units, et cetera, et cetera. What they didn't tell me was when the big pizza company is gonna come in and give 250,000 or a million to a supermarket chain just to lose Irvine and take that spot in the freezer, right? So I had to learn to not think about what I wanted to sell, but what the consumer actually wanted. And that was very hard for me because I'm a creative person, uh, and I think the book says, "Look, stop checking off boxes. Look for the pitfalls that make you fail." Um, and half of the problem is, yes, you just said, just said it so eloquently there. You know, we want to be CEOs, we want to be chefs, we want to be this, but we don't put in the work to be able to get to that point. We're not dedicated enough. And and when I say I work 345 days a year. Because I'm still dedicated fifteen years later, or twenty years later, or whatever, to being the best I can be, and, and I feel there's always more that we can do.
1: Mm. It also sounds like you've reached this this point where business has transcended food. You're still obviously food, spirits, like everything you do. Mm. but business has become like the the bigger passion and the bigger drivers. You said, it sounds like you're almost reverse engineering back into like, yeah, I can do a pizza or yeah, I can do this, but it's really about to be successful. It's really about the business, the operations. And that's what kind of like is charging me up now that I figured that part out.
0: It fascinates me. And you're exactly right. You've got to know me really quickly. Um, It fascinates me that a cook with no training, no schooling, Um, joined the military early, um, school of hard knocks. Yes, I cook occasionally on TV. I don't cook very often, my wife cooks here. To me, it's about the game of of how do I succeed in in a category, whether it be technology, whether it be food, whether it be, but I've taken the core competency of what I am, which is a chef. We started with food, right? So we started a food company. Then we started a nutrition company because I liked I liked working out and my kids wouldn't eat breakfast. So we started Fit Crunch. Fit Crunch now is number four in the world, right? They said to me, Oh, you couldn't you can't make a baked bar. Why not? Well, because it's mixed and extruded. I put I put pizza ovens at the end of a line and brought in bakers. We made cookies and then we made it by hand, 70,000 a day. Now we make 300,000 bars an hour. Right. So when when people say that you can't, I'm the one that says, well, show me the process you have now and let me just ponder that process. And then I go back and I've done it with Walmart, I've done it American, I've done it with major companies um, that say, oh, can you just look at our systems? And it's the systems that break because between the the, the senior ex- C level, right? And the, the guy that's cleaning the floor, everything in between is pass off to somebody else. Mm. On the show Restaurant Impossible, I'm in control of the build, the food, the people, the TV, the sound. Um, but it works in unison, in harmony, because if you trust people to do their job and you bring in people, and it, and, and there's a big piece in the book about, um, I'm, I'm an A, right, I'm an A personality, type A personality, but type A personalities tend to hire Bs, right? Because their, their egos won't let them have somebody at that same level, oh no, no, I'm better. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm the complete opposite. I want, I want all the A's I can get because they make me better. I went out and hired people from Fortune 500 companies to make me better. And again, it's that ego thing. Oh, no, I'm going to have the last say. I don't. I have a board. I think it's also a
1: maturity thing, too. You know, I think when I look back at, you know, over the course of, and I'm 50 in it now, the period of time where I began to start breaking up with my ego. Yeah. And at least even evaluating and acknowledging that there was a relationship here that was pretty toxic with the ego. And what was it holding me or keeping me from or keeping certain people out or this constant conflict or confrontation or competition where, you know, an entrepreneurship is lonely enough. Hmm?
0: And, and I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said the competition, because I think that was me I, I, I feel a, a very similar track here because I would always go into a room and I would have to best the guy, right? I would have to be beat that guy because and Robert, regardless of television and fame, I wanted to be the best. So so he would say something, I'll leave it a second, and I would go back with something, you know? And I, and I think um, to learn to be quiet and listen and, and kind of keep those wins, whether they're wins or losses or, or whatever, to yourself, um, it makes it much easier to converse with people. And I sit in a room with some of, you know, with, I sat in a room last week with 100 people worth $27 billion in a room. And, and I'm the kid on the block talking about business and listening to to entrepreneurs that have done amazing things. And I'm like, oh my God, why didn't I ever think of that? You know,
1: it's so interesting you say that even about the listening, because in doing it, I know you do a lot of speaking, obviously, because you put out so much content, you create so much content, add so much value, and you go out there and you do a lot of speaking. Now, I've been getting into doing some speaking too, and what I've found you know, fascinating is, is similar, like sometimes in the imposter syndrome, where like, why do these people want to listen to me? The smarter people are the ones over there listening. The most successful one in a lot, like yes, there's value there too. But I think it's very interesting about groups and organizations and very smart and successful people that are opening to hear new voices, new thoughts, let the kind and be okay with like they don't have to agree with everything or or even adapt or adopt everything you say, but they're always interested in learning and listening and hearing from different people. Mm
0: -hmm. So I was in I was in a, um, a tech summit a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I've worked with Comcast, NBC, Universal for, for 11 years on, on technology. I'm very big into the technology space, whether it be in the restaurant space, whether it be in um, um, uh, automotive kind of automotive uh, machinery that's, that's taking jobs in the culinary world, all those kind of things that are, that are out there. And this, this one person was giving a brief, and I totally disagreed with them, right? I totally disagree with them. Um, and they just looked so shocked that I would disagree. And I said, Well, you know, here's what you're saying, but here's what's actually happening. And it was so amazing. The the crowd was literally gripping their chairs because how dare this guy, Robert Irvine, suddenly talk. And once I made my point, they were like, Oh my goodness. We didn't see it from that point. And that's where I feel that when you have egoless CEOs and people in a room, which, which I do and, and you obviously had, they don't mind listening to a different perspective because they never thought of that. I was in, 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 in a call center in New Hampshire uh, when somebody was complaining about a service. I won't tell you the name of the company, but a service. So I said, oh, do you mind if I take the headset? So I took the headset hey, this is Robert Irvine from Food Network. How are you? Tell me what's going on. She screamed, you know, oh my God, oh my God. I listened to her and I said, okay, I'm going to call you back in five minutes because she'd been pushed for a person the pillar to put the dinner and nobody got an answer. And I hung up the phone. And I said, okay, who's the person who can fix this? I don't want to pass from one to two to three to four to five. Who is the actual person? We changed the whole system in a week and a half to fix that, that that problem that then became a solution. But I think we are so taught in, 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 in business, in big companies, even in small companies, that, oh, you know, well, it's not our job, it's somebody else's job. So let's just pass that problem. And then the end user, meaning the customer, gets fed up because they never get an answer. They pass to the 16 different people. If I have a problem, and you have a problem with me, uh, any of my products, you, you you tweet me, you to it, and I answer it, right? Because it's my company, and I get it fixed immediately. And I think that's what we're missing in the business world is, you know, leaders that, that are are not listening or they they have to start to listen because the, the shortage of people that we have is, is getting – and we see it in the military, you know, um, uh, in any of the branches of the military, how – people are not signing up. Why? Because the wages is not consumer. the housing, the food, the all those things that we can get at home or a different company and, and not work so hard.
1: Mm. That's a deep rabbit hole to go down mm-hmm. there. And, and what I'm thinking about is I think about overcoming impossible again. And even the time is, is this possible? I think I'm going to is this possible to overcome? What we're seeing is a lot of conformity, a lot of complacency, this inability now to even agree to disagree or be open to other viewpoints because there's another channel, you know, there's another. Ariel, I'm going to say hi. Come and say
0: hi. He's a big wrestling <laughs> fan. Just come and say hi. I got to You got to say hi. He just come and say hi. Just poke your head and say hi. He's a big wrestling fan.
1: Oh, I look like.
0: A yeah. oh give me hi a
1: break. hello there how are you from <laughs> the beginning oh thank so. you so much such a pleasure to meet you in person and to have this conversation steal a little bit of your cuddle time with uh with robert it's so it's thank you
0: no it's okay it's all good anything for <laughs> someone who supports wrestling <laughs>
1: <laughs> pleasure thank you
0: Bye. sorry dude. i thought
1: you No, that i i appreciate that very very much Uh where I was going with this. And by the way, that's so real right now. And it's, and it's so cool. And I'm leaving it in. I just want you to know that it's, yeah, all, it's, it's all staying, it's all staying right, right there. Because what I think is awesome about this isn't it? 57 years old at home, your time with your wife, you know, book coming out 5,000 people, you know, that, that are under your, your employee. And it really comes back down to those 30 seconds of really cool tender moments in there. Like, Hey, come say, hi, let's do this. Like, Improm- that impromptu, just genuine, life. Isn't,
0: isn't life about that, right? Look, w- when you're young, and we're all we're all kind of silly, right? We 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 make mistakes. We do this. We hopefully don't make them twice again. And as we progress through age, middle age, you some people, you know, want to get divorced and have twenty eight year old wives and and fast cars, and some people grow up really fast and say, look, this is this is my lane. I'm standing in my lane. Um, and that's what I've done. I, I love being married. I love my wife. I love my job because uh, it's not a job. None of this is work. This is just a passion that we have. The people, we happen to write books, Matt. Again, I, I, all props to Matt. My chefs, we have four chefs that travel the world that leapfrog each other from Poland to Germany, to Iraq, to Afghanistan, Syria. I show up. I'm the face of the company because it's my company, but, but the accolades really go to the guys that do all of the work. The president of the United States picks up the phone, called Justin Leonard, and says, Hey, listen, um, I want to do a dinner for 400 Marines on this place at this date. And it happens, right? Um, and I think that's the, the beauty of age. You grow up. <laughs>
1: This week's episode of the Midlife Male Podcast is brought to you in part by my Midlife Male approved partners at Human Improvement, the easiest to digest protein powder. Vanilla, chocolate, they both taste amazing. But here's why I really use Human Improvement exclusively now, because after trying Countless protein powders out there. The vast majority of them leave me feeling full, slow, bloated, gassy, and they don't really align with my nutrition. I eat a considerable amount of meat, a high amount of protein. I'm not keto. I'm not paleo. I'm not gluten free. I rely on a lot of real foods. So I need a very light, clean, easy to digest protein powder to supplement my nutrition. Human improvement is the best that I have found. And it does leave me feeling light, satiated, energized. It happens to be delicious. It has 22 grams of organic protein, five grams of healthy fiber, which we definitely need, zero grams of added sugar, which is important to me. And it's a protein powder that actually makes you feel better. And I supplement with protein one to two times a day based on my intake, my overall caloric protein intake. And it's necessary to make sure I'm using something that has super high quality ingredients and that actually makes me feel better. Human improvement boosts my energy and my mood, it supports gut health, leaves me. Without that bloated, slow, gassy feeling, and helps me to build lean muscle. And at 50, that is hugely important. So I trust human improvement. It is my go to everyday midlife male approved protein powder. You guys should go check it out. I think you're going to like it as well. Go over to buyhi, Buy High, that's B U Y. H-I dot C-O, co. check out Human Improvement. Use promo code mail for my special exclusive offer. And hey, reach out, let me know what you think. I really want to know. And if you come up with some really cool recipes, send them my way, okay? <laughs> right into the before this about this notion of, again, overcoming impossible. And, it, and it's such a, it's such a powerful title. Mm-hmm. And then mantra in a way that can be utilized in so many different areas. What we were talking about a little bit before, um, before you popped in, which was awesome. Sorry, yeah, I, which I was yeah, there, but which which was this this notion as you were talking about about business and even society, and I said we were going down this rabbit hole about you know is it is it, can we overcome this in a way? Like as a society where we're we're kind of in this place now where there's conformity and there's complacency and there's this almost unwillingness to overcome and work through adversity versus like, I can just stay home or I can just not do that. Or I don't have to have this dialogue with you, Robert, even though you're inviting me to have it face-to-face because I have some YouTube guy over here or somebody on social media that agrees with the way I think. So I'd rather just do that than have like a real...
0: Mm-hmm. yeah I, I i feel that the the world is is has changed dramatically obviously um there's a lot of wrongs that need to be righted um in 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 in, in salaries in race- rela- relations in all these things that that we wait right and i think uh, um, the, equality, the 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 everything of the last since COVID before COVID all those they started to raise this ugly head through that feel that we are starting to settle down a little better than than were and I think the workplace but it won't go back to where we were ever you know because the world moves on I talked about you know um, r- robots in kitchens right. Chipotle has a, a robot making chips, right? McDonald's has a machine flipping hamburgers. So the minuscule tasks of, of, of society, I suppose, um, are gonna change because, I mean, look, we used to make cars by hand, now we make them by machines. So, so progress will continue to grow. Um, and I think we'll reassess the units, the people, And what they do it in this world as opposed to what we used to do. You know, look at 1940s. What we were doing there is not what we're doing in 1950, 60, 70, 80, 90. You know, I think that's going to change. I think our lifestyles are changing because the younger generation are instant gratification, right? Mm -hmm. We need instant gratification. Technology has gone so fast. We talk about, you know, balloons right now from China but what about the beams of light that are 30,000 times more powerful than the nuclear warhead that we have on planes right now, right? Um, that can obliterate cities. So, so you know, I, 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 I always think on the positive side of, you know, change is good, providing that it helps everybody in that process you know, minimum wage is this. I pay $27 an hour for a cooking in, in Las Vegas. They can't really cook, but it's my job to train them to cook, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So I, I think, you know, can it change? Yes. Will it change? It's going to be a slow change. And again, look, I don't get into politics. I, I don't get into anything like that because I feel that when I work at the White House, I, I work for the seal of the United States of America, the highest office in the land, no matter Republican, Democrat uh, Democrat or independent, it doesn't matter to me, it's that person that's in charge of our country. Um, and I get to be up close and personal. I get to, to listen, I get to see, <laughs> I get to speak occasionally, um, but I keep my opinions to myself because in this society that we live in, you alienate with one voice 50% or 70% of somebody that you're trying to talk to. Mm. So those conversations are for me and my wife or me and my closest um, which is, was always interesting.
1: You had talked earlier. It's um, about your core competency. Mm-hmm? Yeah. Like that term has come up and, and you're, you definitely, you're somebody that knows himself knows his core competency, has been able to work and, and, and continue to progress. I think mean, utilizing, you know, those core competency skills, evolving them, growing them, transcending them into different industries throughout. One of the things that that I hear from men most frequently or is is confusion. Mm-hmm. Is is confusion they really, especially midlife men, they really don't know a lot of them who they really are. Mm-hmm. beyond the, the core competencies even of who they are you know as a man they've gone to school they've gotten a job they've gotten married maybe they've had kids' they've, and 20 30 years you know goes by mm-hmm. and it gets into that is this really it you know or do I quit my job and follow my passion do I know what my passion even is all these things kind of in in the bucket. So I wanted to ask you that, um, about you know to those men maybe out there that, don't necessarily know what their core companies are, are really. Who, what advice would you give them? Because I also think that's another level of overcoming impossible that they don't think it's possible that their best days are still maybe in front of them, you know, or that they can get out of this situation.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's so interesting because I have a lot of friends who are doctors who are, you know, surgeons and, and they have been doing it for 30, 40 years. And, I spend some time and start cooking and then all of a sudden they get this passion for cooking. Right. And then oh, I'm going to, I'm going to open a restaurant. I'm going to, you know, I've got the money. I'm at that lifestyle. I'm like, don't, <laughs> it's, it's okay to have a passion, but don't make it a business unless you're really going to get into it. Right. It's okay. It's okay to cook and and do it a cozy, but not every day. Uh, I think for the people I always, I use this a lot on the show where I say, look in the mirror and what do you see? Because first and foremost, you have to like the person you see in the mirror, right? And as we go through through the, the stages, you know, childhood, adolescence, you know, midlife crisis and all that kind of stuff, um, as we get older, sometimes we don't like that person in the mirror anymore. Sometimes we're confused that, uh, you know, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't want to be a dentist. I'm fed up with fixing cars. I'm fed up... Um, but my suggestion would be before you before you suddenly throw that down the toilet, um, I don't want to be married anymore. I've heard that a thousand times, you know, especially when kids have left the, left the house. Why? So th- there's always a why, right? So I always say this. Write the things down that you're thinking, the pros, the cons, what you do like, what you don't like, and kind of have a conversation. The book which we keep going back to, but the book talks about communication. Mm. And if you, are, if you are not a good communicator and you hold things in, that's when everything unravels. You know, um, it becomes your problem and your problem alone. Because you sit there in a house with your wife watching TV or playing cards or something and your mind's not there because you really don't want to be there, and I feel it's finding out who you are. And remember, we changed through the years, your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s. Um, and you have to have something in common with the person that, that A, you live with or B, or married to, or B, that you work with. What What is the passion that keeps you there? And if it's money, that's not a good passion to keep you in anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you have to find something that you enjoy, especially when you become more stable in life. As we get older, and, and we've got the, we've got some money saved, or we've got something. If you don't want to be the, you know, the machinist or whatever, what do you want to do? And what is the passion that you have? Is it for helping people? Then go and find somebody to volunteer with before you jump ship and do that. Mm-hmm. You, and I say this at the beginning of life, right? Go and work for somebody. See, see how it is. And if you like it, then get into it. And if you don't like it, don't get into it. But it's the same at the end of life, too. And I say that all the time. Find a passion that makes you want to get up in the morning. And for me, it's people. Mm. What do you And it's the game of the challenge of can I do that? Can I get into the liquor business? Can I make a dent in that? Can I, you know, is it is it a smart business choice for me to do that? Mm. And no, I love that you
1: recognized that. also that, you know, look, not all of your passions or hobbies need to become businesses. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's so huge as well.
0: I started the foundation because you want to buy, help people um, by osmosis a bit here that puts money into that foundation to help people. So I think it's it's yeah. If you have a passion, I love to sail, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna start a sailing school. You know, I don't have the time for that. I, I love golf. I can't spend four hours anywhere. You know, I just don't do that. Um, some people can relax. I have a very hard time relaxing. I have a very hard time sleeping because my brain function and 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 Gail will tell you my brain function it just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes. And, goes. and there are sometimes I sit sit at home. And she said, okay, what are you thinking about? Because she can see that I'm, I'm a thousand miles away doing, you know, and, and it's hard for me to switch off. That's mm. why I said the balance in people, when people say oh, there's a balance of work life, no such thing. Sorry, there isn't. Not if you want to be successful.
1: Mm. It, it, it's so, so good. And on point right there. Habits and routines. So look, you're a fit guy. You've always been like you've always been known as like okay. You're a you're a big fit looking you know intimidating guy, um, and this also stands out particularly in the food and hospitality industry, you mean among chefs where you know, coming up, what are you used to seeing? You're used to seeing a heavy set, you know, or they're outside smoking, you know, in the back, you know, and having a drink, and then come in and cook. Overall, where does health, you know, and that fit in? You know, to your, to your life and lifestyle, your habits, your routines, especially even being on the road. Like all these things, these things are hard, man. You know, like they're hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've worked out since I was 11 years old, since I saw my first magazine with with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, my mother bought me my first set of weights, uh, 11. I joined the military, you know, really young. I continued in there. I continued when it came out. For me, the, the fitness piece is, is really the mental piece for me. It allows me to focus on me um, and not something else at that time. So I worked out early this morning. um, I've got it in. Now I can do my work. So for me, it's kind of a peace of mind uh, every day. And I mean every day. It may not be lifting every day, but it could be cardio. But I I lift pretty much six days a week. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And I find that it, it calms me down. It really, it separates me. It shuts me off where I can't normally, if I sit at home and watch TV, I can never shut it off. I can, if I put audiobook, I can do it for a minute, but then I've got to stop because something else is in there. Uh, when I'm working out, it's just pain and sweat and, you know, it's my time to, to, to be alone. Um, my guys don't call me it, again. It's that, it's that period of time. Um, so for me, fitness has always been it. Gail has always, when I first met Gail, I, I was not as committed. I was in fitness, but not committed as much as I am now. Um, I mean, she's changed my diet. She's she's She pushes me a lot, uh, which I like. I don't always agree with, by the way, but, um, but she's a better chef. I mean, last night she made a chicken soup because I wasn't feeling good. I mean, made a chicken scoop, soup from scratch. <laughs> Um, I don't know chefs that can do that, you know. Um, so, so fitness is a big part in our life um, from a from a longevity standpoint, but also a business standpoint. If you think about business, twenty four hours a day, some days a week, you, you're going to be shot before you even go to work. Uh, and I think that's why why I like it so much. Plus, I like the accolades of people say, "Oh, you're fifty seven years old, you look great." Well, yeah, but. You're 49 and you don't. So let's change that, right? Because the older we get, getting into a routine. I mean, at, at filming days, I'm at five o'clock. I'm in the gym before I even start filming. So, you know, um, when I'm at home, it's a little different because I get to spend a little time down. But I think it's part of our routine that that we set from a young age, and uh, and it helps us. Um, I got all my crew working out on the TV show every day because it's part of my, my whole staff, my senior leadership, has to work out one hour a day. My time, but any time you want, one hour a day. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, again, um, breeds the loyalty, breeds people that you think that you care about them, because they do. I want them to be healthy just like me. So um, routines my goodness, um, there's not a day that I do not work out no matter where I am. The only two, two requirements I have on TV is a gym close and hot tea. That's it.
1: That's it. Mm-hmm. This episode of the Midlife Mail podcast is brought to you by Bub's Naturals. Bub's commitment to excellence begins long before the products land on your doorstep. You guys know how seriously I take my coffee. It's a big deal to me. Bub's Naturals makes the best coffee out there. I go with the dark roast, I absolutely love it. Equally as important, they make the best collagen protein, grass-fed, pasture-raised from Brazil. I put a scoop of it in with their dark roast coffee every morning and it is absolutely delicious. Their MCT oil powder, I put a scoop of that in there. It's derived from 100% sustainably sourced coconuts, which is also great for me. While I am not plant-based or vegan, I eat a considerable amount of meat. It's great for me to complement that with a product that is not layering on more and things that I don't need more of. So using the MCT oil, their powder that's plant-based and vegan really helps me out. All of their product offerings are free of gluten, soy, nuts, and corn. The whole lineup, keto-approved, paleo-approved, Whole30-approved, they're NSF-certified, nut-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, corn-free. Bub's Natural delivers. You can go to their website. You can customize your own trio. You can get the Bub's Brew, the Halo Creamer, which is also fantastic the collagen protein, the MCT oil, it's awesome, all of it. I love the people behind it. I love the mission of the company. They give back to charity. Woven into the DNA of Bubs Naturals is that of professional athletes, top performers, rabble rousers, Navy SEALs, and the goal is to exceed your expectations in everything that they do. It's backed by scientific research and discovery and an endless pursuit to find the fountain of youth. It's midlife male approved. It's a midlife male mission. We are not anti-aging. We are pro-aging positively, gracefully, aggressively. So I say yes to Bub's Natural. I say yes to quality. I say yes to going over to bubsnaturals.com Using promo code Midlife now, saving yourself fifteen percent. Check it out. How has your diet changed? Or you were mentioning that Gail The gale has changed again. At fifty-seven, again, I'm in my fifties right now. Training, you know, modalities are a little different. Recovery is a little different. Obviously, we, you know, the way we gain and lose weight is not the same as it was in our thirties and forties. And I'm curious. I look to men like yourself, okay, as that kind of living and leading, you know, by by example. How has it evolved for you?
0: Well, when I had a restaurant, I used to eat um, a 12-ounce steak, blue cheese smothered on top with French fries every day. Um, yeah, that's a true story. That's when I met Gail. Bye-bye. Um, she, uh, uh, she's just like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I stopped doing that. Now I eat uh, a lot more fish. I eat, I eat red meat once once a month, maybe. I don't do burgers unless uh, I'm on set in the middle of nowhere. I'll do one, but um I'm very much more what I intake. I don't use do two gallons of milk and cornflakes and, and, and cream in my coffee. And I don't even drink coffee one once a day now. So uh I drink tea with no no milk, uh, no sugar. Um, I know how my body reacts because I've done photo shoots for, for covers of muscle fitness and things in four weeks I know I can look shredded based on on a height I know my body um, so I think my diet has changed tremendously a lot more fish um, I Gail is is almost to a vegan stage I'm not I will never get to that point that's not my world I like meat I like fish I like you know Um I, I eat a lot more vegetables now than I used to, but I like them uh, and, and Gail does it here. So, you know, carrots and broccoli and, and we roast everything in the oven all mm. together uh, with some spices and some stuff. And, and and I really like that more now than I've ever done with a simple piece of fish. I used to love cream sauces and, and things like that. I, I'm very lucky once a month if I do that. Uh, mm. So it's changed dramatically because... Um, you know, at some point, something starts to sag, something starts to break, something starts to, you know, uh, and I'm on TV five days a week, six days a week. So, uh, I want to look the best for my wife, but I also want to feel good. Mm. And I think it's, it's, it goes back to that looking in the mirror. You know, I go to bed every night and I look in the mirror and I'm like, do I like that person or do I need to do this or do so? I, I self judge more than anybody else. Um, uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. I think it's a bad thing, um, but that's, that's who I am. And I keep saying, Oh, I think I need to lose like three pounds or or I need to lose that or I need to change this, you know? Well,
1: so. you know, I think it makes a lot of sense there too, is that, okay, knowing your body again, sustainability and longevity, how you feel being paramount at the same time, you've got the experience in the track record. Look, if I need to get into cover shape, Okay? Again, I know what that looks like. But you also touched on some really valid points about how the, the fallacy of balance, you know, there too, which is, look, I am on the road X number of days a year. I am running X number of businesses. I'm not going to be necessarily in, in you know, muscle fitness, cover shape, all that. And that's, again, that's okay. But here's what I know. I'm keeping it within, okay, the best yeah. of who I can be at the time that I can be that and priority shift around. You know, I caught that kind of like what our life portfolio looks like, that allocation. It's sometimes it may be, Hey, we better dial up the foundation. And sometimes it might be, I got to sell books, you know, it's coming out. It's sometimes- yeah, and,
0: it, and it's interesting because when I go to the basis, I'm in the middle of a huge change right now for feeding across platforms of waller branches. It's, it's not been done since, first world war. So I'm in this process of change and I go to bases and I see young Marines, 1920 in Japan, in Afghanistan, in Iraq, in Syria, all these places that I visit. And the first thing you all want to do is, Oh, there's the old guy. We're going to work out with him. Right. So, and I had it in a tent and I, I so funny, I this six foot seven guy want to outlift me in a clamshell tent in the middle of Iraq <laughs> Uh, a couple of years ago. And I said, and, and, and I said, nah, come on, dude. No, you look at the size of you. I, I look, I don't want to embarrass you. And, and, uh, and sure enough, I said, well, warm up then. And all his team, it was a, a missile silo um, tent and, and surrounded by the whatever. Um, I never get it because I said, is that all you're going to warm up? He said, yeah, I'm ready. So I warmed up a couple of lifts, and we kept putting on and putting on, putting on to the point that he got four of the heaviest. He got four. uh, And I just went on to 15, 16, 17, 18, you know, I'm like, do you want to put more on? You know, it's not about um, the size of you. It's about the elasticity of your muscles. Right. And when I do a show, and I pick the biggest soldier, like the, the book, and I say, okay, by the time you've done 50 push-ups on a stage, I can cook a full meal from scratch, knowing that the lactose in 20 minutes, uh, 20 push-ups is gonna kill him. He's gonna have to stop and I'll keep cooking, right? And and I I win every time. Um, because we are we are like, oh, the bigger, the bigger. No, you don't have to be big, you have to be agile. And as we get older, and we I keep saying that, but I, you know, I've got two new shoulders, two new triceps, uh, two new hips. They Mm. don't work as well as, as, you know, an 18 year old kid, you know, I've done jumps out of planes and and things. So, So now I have to really warm up and now I have to be really careful because if I'm not on the road and working, we don't get paid. And I have, and I have that responsibility to these people that work with us to make sure I'm healthy. So that's the fitness, that's the food, uh, that's the lifestyle. You know,
1: it's again, it's such a good point that you know. Look, nobody really knows what's going on behind the scenes. You know, for everybody else and all those other things that come into play. You know, and I didn't talk about this a lot. I'll go see my trainers on a Tuesday. But by the way, guys, like, and you're. 25, 30 years. And I love throwing down with you guys there too, but you really don't know what happens Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You know, like we got kids again, we got businesses, we got things, maybe I'm not sleeping, you know, so well at 50, my body doesn't recover the same way it did before. My metric of success is a little different in the gym also than it, than it used to be. I'm also thinking about what Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday are going to look like, Mm -hmm. not just You know, winning the minute, you know, or winning the movement right here. But we got to win the week. We got to win the month, the quarter, the year, you know, so on and so forth, because there's a lot riding, you know, on that.
0: As you say, like I'm the same way, you know, we don't need to put and I have have a guy trainer. He's on my staff. Um, I'm like, look, I don't need to put 60,000 pounds on a bar and lift it once. I I need to put 35 pound on and lift it 30 times and feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's so good because he'll say to me, so how are we feeling? How does the movement, how does it, he's a, I mean, he's been with me for years, but, and, and it, it helps me. He's right now helping Gail because she's doing a, a competition show. Can't tell you what it is, but she's doing it. Um, getting ready for that. And he's got a very different mentality of, when I used to get in the gym, just, uh, 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 you know, mm-hmm. uh, and also there's another thing as we get older, um, I never used to, I have a polycystic kidney disease, which mm. is hereditary, right? It's just one of those things. I didn't know about it till one day I had blood um, and it's just cyst on a kidney. So I take my health very seriously. Every quarter I do x-rays, I do uh, CT scans. I do, I mean, do blood work every two weeks. I mean, I'm kind of, uh, why do I do blood work every two weeks? Just because of, of the kidney use. Um, so I go in, draw some blood, uh, and I got to tell you, my doctors are like, "You're betting when you were thirty, you know," because I've changed.
1: And mm-hmm. that's that—that this transformation is not only possible, this overcoming impossible into possible. It's real if you again are willing to put in this, to put in the work, mm-hmm, and and be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And that I mean, that's really the the key to transformation. Is hey you have to go from here transformation is about going from one point to another point. So what's all, what's happening in the middle, when you change your lifestyle, you change your diet, you change, you know, you, you know, when you look at becoming a better e- uh, leader, you drop the egos, you tear down the stuff you build. I'm just going through like your list you go through the list and you go through 360 something pages of what's in overcoming impossible. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn how to move the needle, you know?
0: I have I have this guy right now and and it is so amazing to me. I met him on on Twitter. I I'm the only guy that does my Twitter. Nobody else touches it. I do it. But the other guys do Facebook and whatever. And he said to me like I'm I'm 42 years old. I'm, you know, X amount of pounds, 500 and something pounds and I'm miserable. I said, well you can change that dude. You can change that. He went and got a Planet Fitness uh, membership for 10 bucks. The guy's dropping weight like crazy. He's into it. He, he sends me pictures every. It's just, you change his life and, and, and it's significantly changed. And anybody can do that at any point. You just have to decide to do it. Mm. And it's so encouraging to me when I see folks. I had a guy who was 600 pounds. Um, we did a TV show called uh, uh, Fitness Impossible. It never took off because Food Network and fitness, well, maybe one day it will. But I had a, a guy who was six hundred and twelve pounds. He was an all-star college athlete. I had a motorcycle accident. I had a mother who was trying to drop three three dress sizes, and a lieutenant in the New Orleans Police that wanted to get into the FBI Academy, and they all achieved the goals, by the way. And I and that was seven eight years ago. I talked to every one of them every day, every day, um, and I and I just I think that's the connection, the personal connection. Now I've met you. Now we'll be friends forever. Right. And I and I feel that we can change. You are changing people's lives by doing this podcast. Now it's up to them to jump on board and do it. We can we can lead you to the water. It's it's such a great point. As I said, look, watching people
1: do push ups on Instagram is not the same as doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. Like all of these things, as you said, are choices. You have a choice: what you put on your body, what you put in your body. It's a choice for you to get up and still exercise every day on the road. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that are earned and not and not given, and you can't put a price in them. There was a really interesting article. I don't know if you saw it um, in the Wall Street Journal. It was about what the real CEO flex looks like now. Mm-hmm. And it was forget the watches, the cars, the yachts, and everything else. And the example, you know, was about health, look at your Jeff Bezos guy. And it was a comparison almost between what Elon Musk looked like, unfortunately with his shirt off and what Jeff Bezos looked like now, that personal transformation. And what really these guys are going after is we wanna break down the stereotype of the wealthy older guy mm -hmm, with the good looking second or third wife because he has the money, uh, but we wouldn't wanna look like now, it's really about how we can get anything. What's the one thing we can't buy? We can't buy the app. We can't buy it. We have to actually do that. Now, either advancements in sustainability, longevity, recovery, and they are throwing a lot of money at that stuff, but it doesn't replace as You're saying the actual work.
0: No. And there's and a reason it never will. You can't take a pill and suddenly be fit. It doesn't work like that,
1: but that's how you overcome impossible. I think in all of these areas uh, and, and it, it's, it's, it's so good, everything that you're talking about and everything that you're doing. Uh, I really appreciate your time. This has been, this, as I said at the top, there's been a pleasure and a privilege and and I really, really support everything that you're about and what you're doing. So thank you for coming on today.
0: Well, I appreciate it. You know, everything we do, the one thing I want to leave you with is, is for our foundation, Foundation.org. check it out. Um, and to all those folks listening, I said this before, it doesn't cost money to help people just costs a little bit of time. Um, listen, hug somebody, Stay's it's okay, help somebody cross the road, open a car door, buy food if you see going through the, the cash register and push to the side and maybe for a child that's not being fed. If we all do something, one thing, every day to somebody that we don't know collectively, we will change the course of this earth. Um, and I, I appreciate you having the time with us. Uh, you get the book, it's amazing. And, um, you know, I appreciate you being in the magazine also because you got a lot of hits and uh, we will stay in contact
1: absolutely guys the book is overcoming impossible it is out on valentine's day february 14th so pick it up as a gift for yourself pick it up as a gift for your partner have your partner pick it up and buy it for you we covered a lot of ground of what's in it again go find and follow robert everywhere he is not hard to find and as you know he's right behind his own twitter there too robert irvine get involved give back pick up a fit crunch bar, all of the really good stuff that you are doing. Robert Irvine, Midlife Mail podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Appreciate you. If you're interested in coaching and taking this conversation deeper so that you can achieve your personal and professional goals, be sure to head over to midlifemail.com and check out the work with me page to explore options.
0: Your local McDonald's owners across Washington, D.C., Greater Baltimore, and Eastern Shore are committed community members who all celebrate the diversity of the neighborhoods that they serve. Black History Month is a special time to spotlight the many African-American and black individuals and organizations that have contributed to our area's growth and development. McDonald's sees, supports, and celebrates you now and all year long.